0: Passing off the Amazon Prime movie, The Tomorrow War, as a bit of dumb escapism is neglecting what it and many other Hollywood movies say about fatherhood. Once you really start to delve into it, it makes you wonder, is enduring a crisis the ultimate measure of a real father? Welcome to Signs of the Times Radio. Welcome back to another week of Signs and Times Radio. And this week, I have back on the show one of our regular writers, Mark Hadley. Mark, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks very much for having me. It's a beautiful day outside, but today we'll be talking about something you can do inside, and that is watch movies, but also tying that into something that is happening around Australia, which is Father's Day. Now, first of all, you are a father, so happy Father's Day.: Thank you very <laughs> you got, much. <laughs> I guess your plans would be kind of limited, but have you got anything <laughs> in mind that you'll be doing? All I can count on is a badly made cup of tea.
1: <laughs> I think that's,
0: My boys are uh, every year, they're always
1: trying to make something you know in the way of breakfast or, or something like that, but they're still trying to accomplish the art of making a, a good cup of tea, but I just have to <laughs> remember that the milky
0: brown thing that comes my way is a sign of love even if it's not a great (laughs) beverage. Fair enough. Is there something that you and your family usually do for Father's Day that I guess you'll be missing out on this year because of being in lockdown? Actually, yeah. One of the things I love
1: doing is actually going to the Sunday church service because really what we tend to do is not simply congratulate the fathers there and show them how much they're valued – but we get to mix together, we're like generations of fathers, and that's always a really good thing. And then we also get to hear about the fatherhood of God in the context that we try and do our own fatherhood, and that's great. So, we'll go to church, but it'll be slightly, I mean, we'll do it online because it'll be slightly uh, less of a of a personal experience this year. But that's normally what we try and do on a Father's Day.
0: Mm, awesome. Well, you know, it sucks that you'll be missing out on that. But mm. in the meantime, I, I do... Want to talk to you about something that you've written for Signs of the Times, which is an article that, to be honest, sort of caught me by surprise. You sent me an article about the movie The Tomorrow War. How did you come across this movie, Mark? And what was your sort of impression of it having watched it? Well, many people might know that I'm a
1: reviewer, so almost everything comes across my desk eventually. Uh, there's a lot of films that are being released straight to streaming services in this time in the world. And The Tomorrow War is one that was released to Amazon Prime. And, and it caught my attention mainly because it stars Chris Pratt. And for those of you who are wondering if you're trying to place the name, Chris Pratt's the voice behind the key character in the Lego movie. He's the lead star in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And there's so many other films that he's in that he's made a big name of. And the Tomorrow War is his latest film, and so it made me think, well, if Chris Pratt in it, I really should give it a bit of a look basically you 're looking at a film where which is a science fiction film, so if you like that sort of stuff, you know turn on to it you'll you'll get some good good time out of it and Chris Pratt plays a fellow called Dan Forrester now dan 's a career focused family man, so he 's this kind of perfect balance. Of former uh, Special Forces commander who's resigned to study chemistry at Caltech and now teaches high school biology, plus the father of, of a daughter and happily married man. you know and so, like most sort of Hollywood fathers, he's this sort of shake and bake recipe for the best that everything of ever a dad can can offer, and he's just trying to get his career off the ground while at the same time t- trying to parent his daughter Murray in the best possible way. And then the world gets turned upside down in the most incredible of ways because soldiers, humans from the future materialize in the, in our present day to tell us that in the year 2048, alien creatures are going to destroy our civilization and humanity will be on the verge of extinction within a few years. So the only hope of victory is if people from the past go forward in time to bolster the forces of those who are Trying to defend the earth. And so Forrester is, as a uh, former soldier, is in a difficult position because he's asking himself, shall I stay here and take care of my daughter's present? Or shall I go forward and take care of her future? And that's basically the tension. So now you've got this time traveling soldier and dad who is uh, living through an international conflict for the sake of his daughter. And that, you know, if you liked Aliens or Battlefield Los Angeles or Cloverfield, films like that, this is pretty much in the same vein.
0: So you'll like it for that. I'm not a fan of movies in this sort of style. But I actually really enjoyed it. My housemate said, come, let's watch this. And I had zero expectation and I <laughs> uh, we watched it and I actually thought it was pretty awesome. What was your sort of general impression? Did you like the film? Did you feel like it, it fell short in some areas? Look, I I like two-thirds of the film.
1: (laughs) Look, I actually really, really enjoyed it for about the first three quarters of it or so. So, you know, if you've heard the phrase, when a film or a TV series jumps the shark, it basically does something so improbable that it's unlikely to actually be tolerated by its audience. And I think The Tomorrow War lines up about six sharks and shoves them one after another. But look, I don't want to say that it's not worth watching. And if you go in with the attitude of it being fun and a science fiction bonanza with big bangs and
0: toothy villains and things like that, then you'll have fun. Now, Mark, one of the things you do best is you analyze things. And your analysis of this movie is, is great. And it really has made me think, as all your articles do. In this one, you sort of dive into the relationship that Dan Forrester has with his daughter and then tie that back to fatherhood. And it's a pretty interesting one because you, you mention about... The idea of a trope. Now, tropes are things that a lot of Hollywood movies have. I guess if they happen too frequently, then they become cliches. Uh, You can sort of easily pick up on them sometimes. And in this case, it's the trope about the, the father as portrayed in Hollywood movies. Now, what is it exactly that you picked up on as far as that goes? Well, you've done a great job of actually defining
1: tropes for me. Thanks very much. This particular trope about fathers is the idea that uh, a dad will pass through a crisis and become a better dad. And so that's one of those sort of well-worn paths in script writing that are used often. And, you know, if you think about it, there are lots of father models in film today where dads pass through big crises and it makes them realise what's really important in life and they become better dads because of it. Or better husbands, we often see that trope as well. But the one we're talking about today is they become better dads. And I think the easiest way to see this is probably, if you know, everyone has, or at least most of the planet now, has seen Finding Nemo. So in Finding Nemo, Marlon's the dad. Nemo goes missing. There's this great big journey across the ocean and eventually into a dentist surgery to save Nemo. And in going through this crisis, Marlon is no longer a worrisome, anxious father, but he's transformed into a trusting father. And you see this in a lot of different films. You might have remembered Steven Spielberg's remake of War of the Worlds. Tom Cruise is a barely there dad who, because of the great crisis of going through this, you know, alien invasion, he and his son become close together. It's even in films like How to Train Your Dragon and or, or more popular and recent ones like Train to Busan. Again and again, you just see this dad go through a crisis, whether it be a zombie invasion or a dragon invasion, or, you know, it doesn't really matter what's happening, a huge crisis. And dad who wasn't so good as a father becomes an even greater father because of it. And I guess the reason why I I picked that one up is I just want to ask the question, is that likely? I mean, as an agent of change, how likely is crisis to turn a mediocre dad into a great dad? It's attractive, as an idea,
0: but how likely is it? And it's an interesting idea because whilst The Tomorrow War has this idea embedded within it, it's more about the constant signaling of this message throughout those various movies that you mentioned there. The question is, is this idea being subliminally told to us and what are the implications of that as well? What we as the audience, when we perceive this message that Hollywood movies are sending out about, we're all awaiting our, our crisis to become a better person. Is it training us into a thought where we can be passive and then just await a great crisis to make any sort of changes in our lives? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that we
1: firstly are getting it subliminally. I mean, we like to believe that when the moment comes, I mean, my dad used to say, when push comes to shove, We'll all be able to step up at that point. If it was really that bad, I would be able to step in. I would become the person I need to for the situation. And that's an interesting decision to make about ourselves. It's a romantic idea. It's an attractive idea. uh, But it's worth asking as we look around at our life, how many times we've actually seen that happen? Uh, how many times have you seen a dad become a better dad because of a great crisis? Or have you actually seen, because of that great crisis, the shattered remains of a father or shattered remains of a family you know, after that? I don't want to say it's impossible. I want to say it's so rare that when it does happen, it becomes really an amazing thing for us, whereas Hollywood has it happening all the time. If it's a car crash, or if it's a uh, run-in with death, or if it's a crisis to do with a terrorist, or something more fanciful like an alien invasion in the Tomorrow War, you have this situation repeated again and again, just for us to absorb into the back of our minds, crisis is an effective way of changing my life. The problem is that we're actually living through a crisis now, in terms of the COVID pandemic, and we're noticing the exact opposite. So fathers across this nation, in fact, for that matter, across the world, are in a crisis situation, a traumatic situation that is going on day by day by day, and it doesn't seem that it's actually producing better people. I mean, if we would actually stop for a moment and look at the the statistics associated with the changes in society, we're finding that domestic violence, for one, is going up, not down. It's in crisis and transforming us. The World Health Organization, I mentioned this in the article, gives some statistics there, suggests that the greater the crisis, the more negative the psychological effects that people have, you know, right down to anxiety post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia, these things are far more likely to be produced by a crisis than, say, self-reliance or bravery or courage or the ability to focus down on the family in a new and inviting way. Well, these are the unlikely fruits of crisis. So as you say, we absorb these things day in, day out as we watch television because they're attractive to us. We want to think that it's a true idea but the truth is actually on the other side of the equation that crisis tends to break us
0: down, not build us up into something new. Mm. Touching upon the, the idea of responsibility, like in this movie, Dan Forrester, um, just an average guy, you know. Just you an know, average would, commando. Yeah, an average <laughs> commando. Yeah, as that's, that's a trope right there. But he's confronted with this situation. He either stays or he goes to essentially ensure his family's future it's pushing this idea that you know he's this ordinary guy with super you know skills I guess who has an ordinary decision and he he chooses his family I guess and then goes and fights the aliens in the future. what sort of messages is that send, sending about how we need to be transformed he then becomes this person that's responsible and stuff but prior to that point you know all he has to do is make an ordinary decision. Is it discouraging responsibility, I guess, that sort of idea? It's interesting you should say that. I think that it is encouraging us to make
1: a choice with the idea that that somehow our choices will transform us. And Mm. so it's not encouraging us to do nothing. In fact, there are actually characters – In the tomorrow war who are quite paralyzed and seem incapable of making a choice. And so actually, you know, the worst case, they fall victim to the, to the aliens because they're just because they can't step up and make a choice. But the unhealthy thing that happens here is the idea that our choice will somehow transform us. So that might sound like such a normal thing for us. I can change my life. I can make the choice and I will be a different person because of that. But in fact, the idea that we are the agents of our own change, that, that I can make the difference in my life, is not one that would run parallel with what the Bible says about life. Uh, what the Bible says about life is that I'm actually incapable of making good choices, that I will tend towards making bad choices. And in fact, that as far as transformation is concerned, I'm not actually very good at transforming myself at all. In fact, I'm actually pretty bad at it. And so, on the one hand, I think that the Tomorrow War does encourage choice. So, the idea of actually stepping up is a big idea. And I think that dads want to step up. I don't want to suggest that dads are are all doomed to failure. The truth is that we want to be good dads. I think it's a very rare father who doesn't actually care about being a father. Even if you're a bad father, often you feel that way because you care about being a good father. And we want to make these choices in a film like The Tomorrow War wants us to, to see ourselves as the hero who makes the choice and becomes a better father and therefore a better person for his family. But the question is, does my choice really transform me? You know, am I able to make the sort of choices that are going to make the big difference? Now, one of the things in the film I think is pretty interesting is they say that they put choice and the ability to transform themselves into the hands of pretty positive character. So I was laughing with you before that Dan Forrester, played by Chris Pratt, is an everyman. He's not much of an everyman. I mean, he, he did study Technology at Caltech and chemistry. He was a formerly decorated commando. And so you have this sort of picture of it. He's a superman amongst, you Mm -hmm. know, normal fellows like you and me. And so maybe we get the idea that maybe choice doesn't work or crises doesn't work on transforming us for mere normal human beings like you and me. But maybe some people, some particular type of people are capable of seizing that moment. And we all like to think of ourselves as that guy who can seize the moment. But again, the the problem is that this idea of the the superman, the heroic cowboy, the white hatted cowboy or, or that sort of superman with the with the cape is capable of making the big difference is again something that is just a bit of a myth that we like to enjoy in our society that hasn't actually produced anything real. There's a fantastic book, which I mentioned in the article too, by Kristen Kobes-Dumez, who talks about – her book is called Jesus and John Wayne. And it's just this idea of how enamoured we are of these men's men characters and how maybe they can make the big change. But in fact, if we look back and at least in American history where she actually deals with it in the church, we find that these men's men characters – are these John Wayne-style Christians, actually full of all sorts of faults and problems that lead us into more trouble rather than more good. And so, hence, we've seen this great range of falls from grace from these men's men leaders. And so, the question remains, I guess, Dan, is whether or not we've actually got the chance to transform ourselves, even if we are a, a sort of a super transformative character.
0: It's interesting that you, you do pick up on exactly in that book the the idea of the alpha male. Now, I'm very curious to know, perhaps someone like yourself with a more historical context would be able to answer that question. Where exactly did this idea come from? Just as you were talking there, I just had this flashback to when for my birthday last year, my friends and I, we went paintballing. And that was my first time ever going paintballing. And I thought going into that situation that I would be an alpha male. I thought that like having, <laughs> you know, sometimes played video games. And this idea of myself, I thought I would be far more manly than I was. But then came this moment while we were in the middle of a paintballing game where I'd run into a zone where I was fully surrounded by opponents of the opposite team and they were shooting at me. And I just froze and I sat there. And in that moment, I could have done something super heroic, like jumped and sacrificed myself or you know, taken the pain of being shot by various paintballs. But I, I was just sitting there and I didn't know what to do. And that became a very honest moment because I realized that I wasn't this alpha male character that I'd imagined in my own mind. Where did this idea come from? And how do you think movies are, are perpetuating this idea? Well, the idea of the alpha male is, historically speaking, is thousands of years
1: old. You've actually got one of the earliest novels of all time is, is that called Beowulf. And it has the, the story of an alpha male who's sent out to kill a particular dragon. And so you have you know something that goes back that far you can find alpha males in the legend of Troy and so you have people like Achilles as an alpha male who's sent out to try and and bring down King Priam and his city so this idea goes back a long long way that there are men. And then there are supermen, you know, amongst us and they're the people who rise to the occasion. But it's interesting. I think we all long to be this sort of superman, but instead we actually find ourselves, like you say, in your paintball situation where you suddenly realize that the crisis moment hasn't actually brought out your ability to triumph. It's revealed your weakness. And mm-hmm. so, for example, I mean, I'll share a similar story. I was uh, a rock climbing instructor for many years, and I remember once being caught in a rock climbing situation where I was climbing under a ledge, so you're sort of hanging on upside down, and I got to the point where I realized I couldn't go on, and the only thing that was awaiting me was a fall. And the question was, was I going to suddenly rise to the moment and be able to save myself or was I going to fall? Well, you know, the fact is after about 30 seconds of contemplating it, I realized I couldn't save myself even if I wanted to. And that's that realization in a crisis moment that we are actually much weaker than we think. It's why these pictures are so attractive to us because we want to believe that when push comes to shove, we will be that guy. but crisis as I was saying, doesn't transform us, often it just reveals us. And maybe there are a few people out there who will rise to the best when a crisis comes, but for the rest of us, uh, it really is a revelation that we're weak uh, and we need something more than that.
0: In the idea, as far as in the tomorrow war, you know, the the man, he rises to the occasion and he saves his family. They live happily ever after, sure. That's a great idea, but this idea of the alpha male that is in control of his situation, or at least potentially if he was inequipped previously, uh, he overcomes his crisis and he's, he regains control of his life and of his situation and his family and stuff. Is that a, I guess, an idea that sort of stands in line with a biblical understanding of, of what a father should be like? Well, a, a father in the Bible
1: finds his strength not in himself, but in the one He is relying on. So there's an interesting passage in Psalm 127. You know, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guard stands watch in vain. So in that passage, you've got the idea that there's both responsibility and reliance. You know, the builder is laboring to build. The guard is standing by to watch over the city, but unless the Lord builds alongside the builder, the house is going to fall. Unless the Lord watches over the city with the guard, the house, this whole city is going to collapse. And interestingly, What comes straight after those verses in the same psalm is this encouragement to become a father. And so there's this idea that, you know, sons are uh, a blessing from the Lord and, you know, blessed is the man whose quiver is full, it says. And, And the idea is that just like this reliance on the Lord, becoming a father requires a reliance on the Lord. The children are a gift from the Lord. But at the same time, you know, we've got a responsibility as dads. And yet at the same time, our strength in being dads is not actually going to come from inside. So if I was going to lay these up, Hollywood versus the Bible, I'd say Hollywood actually says that your strength to benefit from a crisis is going to come from you measuring up against that crisis and you finding the ability to change inside yourself. Whereas the Bible is going to say, look, there's just equal amount of responsibility here, just like Hollywood, but your ability to change under pressure is not dependent on your strength, but on the strength of the one who takes you through that crisis. Your ability to be transformed is not actually up to you. You're going to be transformed. Your character is going to develop by virtue of the one who takes you through the crisis rather than you somehow managing to dig down deep and and find a solution.
0: Also bringing in another sort of aspect to, you know, this union between God that provides the strength and the man. We also read an allusion in the Bible, a sort of a, a metaphor of the cord of three strands. I'm coming up to to my wedding which actually got postponed because of the lockdown, but you oh, know, I've my my considerations. W- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've been at other weddings where you know the the preacher at the front mentions this analogy and uh, talks about the husband, the wife, and and God between them as the quarter three st- strands that can't be broken when when unified together. How do you see that sort of figuring as far as a father? You know, how important is including their spouse in that in that union? No, I think that's actually a really good way of seeing
1: it because, like the Bible illustrates family for us in terms of of a triangle, a husband and wife who are mutually submitting to each other and sustain each other. That's the base of the triangle. And yet at the same time, both mutually submitting to God. And that is the top of the triangle, if you like. And the closer both male and female come to God, the closer they come towards each other. You know, And so there, God is an essential part in the family, gives both the direction and the power for the unity in the family. And I guess if you're trying to conceive fatherhood without God in it, You would have both parenting, but with no top to that triangle, it would be reaching for the sky with nothing to, to sustain it or bring it closer together. And I feel that's the, that's the interesting thing about family in the Bible. One of the key factors is that family exists even before children are there that, you know, Adam and Eve, if you like, are a family before their children even turn up and God is part of that family structure. I just want to sound a bit of a warning here because. It might sound like what I'm saying is you can only rely on the Bible or on God, so grab all the good stuff from the Bible, and that'll turn you into a better person. And I want to be cautious because we can sometimes just exchange this idea of, oh yeah, we're not saying that what the outside world might say is, or Hollywood might say is that the agent for change is inside ourselves, and if we can just access that stronger part of ourselves will change. We're just saying that instead, If I can just grab hold of the Bible and all of its wisdom, I will become better. And again, it's the same thing. We've just changed the locus of change. It's not up to me to somehow find all of the wise bits that can be found in the book of Proverbs, like the three strands that's not easily broken. It's not up to me to find all of these key characteristics of how to be a good dad and then somehow apply those and become a better dad. The big difference, the Bible says, is Unlike Hollywood that says that you can grab hold of something and make yourself better, whether it be the book of Proverbs or whether it be a crisis, the Bible says you can't grab hold of anything to change you except God. There's no wisdom on your part. There's no heroic strength on your part. Nothing is going to change you unless God changes you. I think that's one of the things we want to bear in mind when we come to this idea of, of biblical parenting or the, and the pressures and decisions that might arise from it.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I guess, you know, we're looking at media here, movies, but looking for these sort of positive role models to look up to, given that we've been comparing it to the Bible, are there any fathers in the Bible that went through this journey in the way that you've just described that potentially could be a, a more positive role model? Yeah, I think one of the fathers that springs to mind straight away is Joseph.
1: So, if you think, um Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, goes through a crisis. He was... Promised to be wed to Mary, and in that case, in that society at that time, the caducian, which is the sort of commitment he's made, is even stronger than an engagement. It's like the pre-marriage to the marriage. So his life is set. This is the woman he's going to marry, and they're going to have children together, and it's going to be wonderful. And then she becomes pregnant. And in human thinking, he's only got a couple of ways of thinking about how this happened, and none of them are pretty. And so he asks himself, what should I do? And rather than embarrass or shame Mary, he decides to put her away quietly. So he's actually going through quite a crisis when God steps in and says, no, actually, this is what's happened and you're going to be the the father that I've chosen. So it is, in fact, God who actually transforms Joseph at that point. And so Joseph decides he's going to go ahead with the marriage. But the crisis isn't over. Now he actually has to take the mother-to-be, if you like, all the way to Bethlehem without the support of family or anything like that and go through another, if you like, path of crisis. And God moves ahead of them and provides the stable and a place to stay. And you have all sorts of other supportive characters in the story which God arranges. So what you have here is a weak man who is doing the very best he can in a difficult circumstance, but in each case, each crisis point, not reaching down inside of himself and going, well, I'm just going to make the best of this marriage, or I'm going to get us to Bethlehem, and I'm going to make sure we've got everything we need, but instead is relying on God at each step. So there's a a model, if you like, of a father who is not looking for that change in himself, but is actually looking to God to change him.
0: Wow. Incredible story there. Definitely a great one to to read in the Bible. Just as we finish up, Mark, I I really appreciate that you've come on and, you know, you've got awesome insight into this movie, but also the book, the Bible that we've just talked about and, and the great stories that are in there of role models in particular. Now, Mark, just one quick final note. Happy Father's Day. if It's (laughs) Father's Day that you're listening to this, everyone, and especially to you, Mark. I hope that uh, the tea that you'll receive this year won't be that bad. It won't be (laughs) be too (laughs) (laughs) unpalatable. Look, and
1: thank you very much. And to all the fathers out there who are listening, let me encourage you, like I've discovered time and time again, uh, you don't need to be heroic to be a good dad. You just need to
0: have a good father. And that is God himself. Awesome. If you want to check out Mark's article, it's actually called Super Dads Don't Save Themselves, which is up now on our website, signsofthetimes.org.au. Be sure to check that one out. Maybe you can read it on your Father's Day. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Mark. Pleasure as always. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A subscription is just
1: $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au in Australia or signsofthetimes.org.nz in New Zealand.